Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It is out of our recognition that people carry heavy burdens during the Christmas season that we offer this service. And we know this second year of a Christmas amid the pandemic, the burdens seem particularly heavy these days. Yet we also gather in hope, trusting in the light that comes. We are grateful this evening for our guest musicians tonight from the Singing City Choir. We appreciate your presence and your leading our worship with your wonderful talent and music. I welcome each one of you to the, uh, this observance of the longest night, both those who are here joining us in person as well as those who are tuning in by the live stream. As we gather during the winter solstice, we are mindful of the promises of God to be our light in darkness. It is our custom to invite people to come forward to light candles as an active form of prayer later in the service while we sing carols. If you are worshiping at home and have a candle nearby, you can also join us by lighting yours as we pray and sing together. Now I invite you to stand if you are able as we call ourselves to worship. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those who lived in a land of deep darkness, a light has shone. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Hear our prayers for forgiveness so that truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Friends, join me in our litany of confession. O come, Emmanuel, come to us, for we are lonely for God. Come, bring the peace of God with us. O come, wisdom from on high, Forgive our sins, lead us in the ways of knowledge, and show us the paths of peace. Glorious shoot from the Jesse tree, come and bring life, fresh and green and lovely, to our spirits. O rose which blooms in the snow of winter, Come and grant to us the blessed gift of hope. O bright morning star of the darkened world, come and be for us the way, the truth, and the life. Come and be known among us, for we want to be your faithful and forgiven people. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Let us walk in the ways of the Lord.
blessing for the longest night. All throughout these months, as the shadows have lengthened, this blessing has been gathering itself, making ready, preparing for this night. It is practiced walking in the dark, traveling with its eyes closed, feeling its way by memory, by touch, by the pool of the moon, even as it wanes. So believe me when I tell you this blessing will reach you, even if you have not light enough to read it. It will find you even though you cannot see it coming. You will know the moment of its arriving by your release of the breath you have held so long, a loosening of the clenching in your hands, of the clutch around your heart, a thinning of the darkness that had drawn itself around you. This blessing does not mean to take the night away, but it knows its hidden roads, knows the resting spots along the path, knows what it means to travel in the company of a friend. So when this blessing comes, take its hand, get up, set out on the road you cannot see. This is the night when you can trust that any direction you go, you will be walking toward the dawn. A reading from the Psalter. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The second lesson comes from the Gospel according to Luke, following the birth and naming of John the Baptist. Then John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God of light and dark, We come in need this evening. Speak to us now that your word may be carried to the deep, protected corners of our hearts. We ask this in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. After nine months of silence, Zechariah speaks again. Zechariah has been mute since the day the angel Gabriel stood before him and announced that his wife, Elizabeth, would have a son and that he was to name him John. Zechariah did not believe the angel Gabriel's unbelievable words. After all, he and Elizabeth had been trying to have a child for a long time with no success and were now past the age when life delivered birth and new beginnings. Why believe when life experience has taught you that some things won't change no matter how hard you try? Now, following nine months of silence, Elizabeth has born a son and named him John, And Zechariah has much to say. I wonder what you would say after nine months of not speaking, after encountering something that left you both afraid and with just a little bit of hope. 
I suspect your answer would depend on how you spent those nine months, how you chose to fill the void once occupied by speech and doubt and anxiety. Zechariah seems to have spent his time reading and remembering. In Hebrew, the name Zechariah means God remembers. And the first words Zechariah utters with his reviving voice affirm his belief that God has indeed remembered. Zechariah's prophecy is littered with remembrances from the Old Testament. He recalls the promises God made to his ancestors, promises to raise up a mighty savior from the house of David, promises to remember the covenant made with Abraham, promises that in his day are finally being fulfilled. In the silence of the centuries since Abraham and David, God has been at work preparing the nations for the fulfillment of these promises. In the silence of nine months, God has been at work preparing Zechariah to proclaim this truth. Now, out of the silence, Zechariah emerges with a new word from God built on all that has come before. It is a word of hope for all nations and all people, for those back then and for all of us here tonight. The hope is this. The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The light is budding. The Savior is coming. No longer will death or grief or heartbreak define our lives. No. Now the dawn is breaking in, and with it the prospect of seeing everything in a new light. Zechariah's prophecy tells us that this new way of seeing comes from God's tender mercy. It's not the result of anything the people have done, not the product of faithlessness or faithfulness. The fact that this hope comes through a man who has been mute for nine months because he doubted God's plan confirms that this is not our doing, but God's alone. Out of a prolonged silence, God's tender mercy breaks into human history in the incarnation of the Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we can only receive it in awed silence. Tonight, we intentionally gather in the darkness with all its depth and totality we carry with us those things we more easily acknowledge in the dark, our fears and secrets, our pains and grief, our exhaustion and our anger. We bring them here to the sanctuary of God 
because God invites us and God wants us to do so. Zechariah could not be more clear. God has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. God, in his tender mercy, has looked favorably on you and me, on the church, and on this world. God's mercy extends to the pits of our anguish and the latitude of our questioning. The Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor summarizes the scope of God's reach when she writes, Even when light fades and darkness falls, as it does every single day in every single life, God does not turn the world over to some other deity. Here is the testimony of faith. Darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day. No matter how dark life may seem, God's tender mercy extends even there. And friends, when you welcome God into your disappointment and confusion, into your heartbreak and questioning, you will receive a blessing. It is the blessing of never walking alone, of grasping the promises of God while leaning on your neighbors and on all of us. It is the blessing of the emerging light, and with it, the possibility of hope. Perhaps, like Zechariah, you've known silence, whether your own or God's, chosen or forced. Perhaps you believe the season of new beginnings in your life is over. Perhaps you've suffered so much that even if an angel showed up in your living room, you would not believe. Whatever has brought you here tonight, I invite you to bring all of it into the budding light. To walk forward, light a candle, and trust that God is still speaking to and through you. That God's tender mercy extends to you right where you are. As author Jan Richardson said so simply and profoundly, this is the night when you can trust that any direction you go, you will be walking toward the dawn. So let us walk, and may God direct our feet into the way of peace. For our Savior is nearly here. The light is coming into the world, and the darkness cannot, will not, overcome it. Whatever you have brought with you this night, whatever you have buried, whatever you cannot bear to bring to the light, remember this ancient promise offered anew to you tonight. The Lord looks favorably on you, and by his tender mercy, the dawn from on high will break upon you and give you light. 
may you trust this truth and set out on the road before you, even if you cannot see it just yet. Amen.
please be seated. By way of invitation, after the liturgy of remembering, we will remain seated while we sing the carol so that those of you who wish to expand the light that shines in darkness as a form of prayer can come to the communion table while we sing. We invite you to come down the center aisle and then return to your pew using the side aisles after you light a candle. Megan Capers and Anita Iyengar will help you with the tapers. We do invite you to light the candles at the back of the table first so that those coming behind you are not reaching over flames to light theirs. And I invite you to come, if you feel so moved, row by row, so that those seated can continue in prayer and praise as we sing and take our turns illumining the darkness. Now let us pray together and in the silence of our hearts using the litany of remembering. The image of light describes the power of Jesus Christ to expel the darkness. We light the first candle to remember the people in our lives who have died this past year, whose presence we ache for, whose spirit we are missing, whose absence we grieve. God, we ache. The second candle we light represents the wide range of losses we and others in our lives are grieving right now. Broken relationships, the loss of health, jobs, faith that used to be certain, and dreams that were shattered. God, we are grieving. the third candle we light for our weary souls, for the burdens we are carrying, for our heavy hearts. We give thanks for family and friends who have stood with us, grateful for the care we have felt and support we have known. God, we long for light.
We light the fourth candle as a symbol of our desire for hope and peace in this season to remember that despite the darkness, light and love can seep in. God, we're open. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it.
prayer for the preparation of Christmas. Christmas comes every time we see God in other persons. The human and the holy meet in Bethlehem or in Times Square. For Christmas comes like a golden storm on its way to Jerusalem. Determinedly, inevitably, Even now it comes in the face of hatred and warring, no atrocity too terrible to stop it, no Herod strong enough, no hurt deep enough, no curse shocking enough, no disaster shattering enough. For someone on earth will see the star, someone will hear the angel voices, Someone will run to Bethlehem. Someone will know peace and goodwill. The Christ will be born.
Friends, as you depart this evening, you are invited to move from darkness to light. Outside on the lawn over by the education building, the labyrinth has been placed and lit by candlelight. I encourage you to stop by, walk it, sit by it, rest with it. The labyrinth is one way to receive the light to refresh your soul this evening. Now, by the tender mercy of our God, may the dawn from on high break upon you and shine light to every corner of your life, guiding your feet into the way of peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and journey with you this day and forevermore. Amen. Mm-hmm.